Welcome to The Patient Speak, healthcare innovations accelerating the patient journey. We share interviews with healthcare executives, medical providers, and patient advocates. So glad to have as my guest, Wendy Bjork. I think letting people know MS isn't a death sentence. And I know there's other very serious illnesses out there that can have unwanted endings, but we're here to live our life and life throws all kinds of challenges at us. So it's up to us to be our own advocate and stand up for ourselves. And that's why Fired Up was the perfect theme for me. You gotta find that resiliency. Here's your host, best-selling author, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, The Patients Speak. And if this is one of your first episodes, you've come to a great one to learn about the voice of the patient. And I'm so glad to have as my guest today, Wendy Bjork. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate your invitation. Wendy has been living with multiple sclerosis for over 35 years, yet she has now turned to empowering other patients. She's a pioneer in advocacy and mentorship, and she's even authored a book called Fired Up. She is a frequent contributor to the National MS Society's Momentum magazine and regularly invited to expert discussions to share her story. And Wendy, I just have to start with the title that you have taken on as the Empress of MS. Let's look under that tiara. Let's look under that crown. Why does MS need an empress? And how do you feel about taking on that kind of a role? Well, I'd like to point out that this hasn't been a journey of, you know, rainbows and cotton candy and unicorns. And the empress title can apply to everybody. And I think from what I've learned in my journey, that's what I want to share in the world so that everyone dealing with whether it's MS or something else, you know, to feel like the empress in their life and to have the strength and tenacity to stand up for themselves. Terrific. And why don't we start there then in terms of standing up and speaking up for ourselves and just get right to the core of our topic. And that is, if you were talking directly to, you know, medical providers, pharma companies, app developers, what would you say, look, if you really listened to us patients, this is what we want you to hear. I think this took a while for me to realize even, but our healing journey, our health journey, you know, it's all encompassing into a complete package. It's not just about one thing or one quick fix if we have a problem. It all starts from top to bottom. You know, it starts with our mindset. It starts with how we're treating ourselves, how we talk to ourselves. And that can make such a difference that, and it's such a small thing that people don't even realize how our thoughts can affect us. And I think just having the whole picture And maybe it's a team that we need involved. You know, you have your medical professional, your neurologist, and then you have other people in your life to help fill in these other gaps to carry on with your journey. And you really set out to be or develop anyway, the support systems, the support programs that maybe you felt you didn't have uh, as you were beginning your journey. How has that unfolded for you? I think in the beginning, I'm probably a neurologist number 10 by now. I think I saw five or six before they even diagnosed me and just participating in all the forums and the groups and hearing the stories. That's really a common thread of, it does take a while to pinpoint what people are dealing with because I think a lot of these conditions overlap and maybe some doctors just don't take it as seriously. So I think just, knowing that fact 
it just enabled me to be able to stand up for myself and say, look, I'm still dealing with this. You know, it's not in my head and it's not, you know, something we take it lightly. And as you were taking that MS journey, if I could summarize it that way, step by step, you said, if only this could have been different, if only it could have been faster, if only I could have, you know, skipped a couple of steps. What do you think those might have been for you? I think, first of all, and maybe this is still in development as far as technology, but when I, I mean, it was the late 80s when I started having symptoms and MRIs weren't a technology for diagnosing yet. It was still researched and being developed. And so when I had my first MRI, the first neurologist I saw said, well, you have white spots on your brain, but normal people do too. So I think just having a clear, be a clear path of these conditions and, you know, maybe not lumping them all together. I don't know if that's even possible yet. Mm -hmm. And some of the other uh, parts of your program, you say, fill in the gaps. There are so many gaps in both knowledge, of course, but also sort of the empowerment feeling of patients like you, you know, that really, can you step up? Can you have a conversation? Can you spend more than a couple of minutes with your doctor? I mean, where where do we need to fill in those gaps, in your opinion? I think one big gap is nutrition. There isn't a whole lot of nutrition taught in the medical field. And even when I asked my neurologist, it was probably 15 years ago, if I should start looking at what I was eating, said, it has nothing to do with it. But I can tell foods that are inflammatory definitely make me feel worse, whether it's you know, in my digestive system or my physical abilities, I think it's all definitely correlated together. Mm -hmm. And when you're together, whether it's real or virtual with uh, other MS patients, are they lost? Are they unsupported? Or as a rule, do you feel like we're getting more educated? We're getting more empowered. You know, we are doing the things that need to be done. If I could generalize that, maybe. I think in general, maybe it's starting to tilt towards the good direction, but I think there's still too many doctors that are still just focusing on one thing is the medication. And I think it has to be a broader vision. You can't just focus on one thing. There's never one quick fix for anything. And as far as support, I think a lot of patients feel unsupported. They a lot of spouses leave actually, because they just can't deal with this diagnosis. And that I don't think it's just MS. It's any kind of diagnosis that's serious. There's people just can't handle, you know, being in that situation. And I think there's, that's a huge gap is the support part of it. Mm -hmm. Well, and maybe that's something that we ought to drill down a little bit more is this family relationship. You mentioned partners and spouses and how it's really affecting uh, relationships there. You've also written some blogs on parenting and relationships with uh, children. Uh, what do we need to know about, you know, again, you get deeper into the patient's journey and you realize we're not just talking about the symptom uh, effects, but we're also talking about the impact on families and relationships. What should mm -hmm. we hear about that? I think at the beginning, you know, it's a traumatic experience to receive this, you know, crushing diagnosis. And it's so important for people to have someone to talk to objectively, not just to talk to and then receive tips on what they think they should be doing. 
it's common for everybody to want to help each other, but it doesn't help to hear what someone else did that would cure you. Those words you know, are completely you know, unhelpful. Mm. I think maybe it just goes back to everybody being kinder to each other and you know, non-judgmental. That'd be a huge task, but that would be a big hurdle to cross over. So maybe people would have a circle around them that is helpful and supportive and objective. Mm-hmm. Well, and you work, as I mentioned in the introduction with the National MS Society, uh, writing for the magazine, uh, regularly writing blogs and sharing stories. What do you think the society's role in really, you were talking about moving from these one-off stories and tips to really sort of what, best practices, evidence-based, you know, what's the role of the larger group in the organization in helping patients connect with these valuable information resources? I think the MS Society does a good job of facilitating a lot of good information. You know, their website has tons of information to seek out. I think that's a great place to start, you know, especially if someone's newly diagnosed. That still doesn't have the human factor of being one-on-one talking to somebody, you know, having that ear, especially having the ear of someone who is living with it and dealing with it. And in your book, you share a lot of these insights fired up. I mean, there's a certain attitude there. (laughs) You know, uh, what do we need to hear about fired up? And again, if, if companies or, uh, you know, innovators and developers were thinking about new things to help the patients in their fired up journey, what do you think those would be? I think just letting people know MS isn't a death sentence. And I know there's other very serious illnesses out there that can have unwanted endings, but we're here to live our life and life throws all kinds of challenges at us. So it's up to us to, I think, be our own advocate and stand up for ourselves. And I think that's, that's why I fired up with the perfect theme for me to just keep going. You got to find that resiliency. And I have to tell you, I wasn't in this spot for the first 20 years of dealing with MS. I was on the roulette wheel of, like I said before, going to the doctor, asking questions that I thought might help me. And then I would just get shot down. And then you just kind of leave and you're just kind of disappointed, you know, because we're always looking for the next thing to help us. Like I said, just having that ear and objectivity. Mm-hmm. And I even find this term living with MS. You know, we, we try not to say we're suffering, you know, we're, we're down and out. Uh, and, and no matter how many years I have also been doing this with all sorts of diseases, you know, don't say asthmatic, don't say diabetic, you know, they are living with a condition. What's the living part for you? What do we need to hear more, you know, less focus on the symptoms and the disease and more with the living? I actually call it navigating because every day ah, is a new good. day. Yeah. And we have to see the illness as a separate entity. Otherwise, it just becomes part of us. And I think if we see it separately, then we can deal with it better. If somebody says something terrible to you, you don't have to keep that inside. You know, you can dismiss that. So I think that's part of navigating it is just not keeping it internal. Hmm. Well, listeners, uh, I think you should rewind this and underscore this word navigating. It does really take you in a different direction that uh, you're navigating life. And you want to seek wellness, you want to seek improvement in your symptoms, but it is a navigation, isn't it? Yes. 
because I mean, every day is full of choices. You know, you can eat that big bowl of ice cream with the chocolate on top that's loaded with sugar, but <laughs> Thank you, you might feel terrible. <laughs> yes. Well, you have a quote highlighted on your website, Wendy, that says, I'm not a product of my circumstances. I'm a product of my decisions. Yes. A great Stephen Covey quote. Uh, you know, what, what is it that we need to learn from that quote about our decisions? I mean, the ice cream is just one of them, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> like I said, each day is a reset and we have a whole day of 24 hours full of choices. You know, whether that's what we use for our laundry soap, you know, do you need the synthetic laundry soap that smells like fake lilacs? Because that just stays in our skin all day and causes inflammation. And, you know, I just have to say, I love Stephen Covey. And I was lucky enough back when I was, you know, in the early nineties, when I was dealing with this initially, my boss was very into personal development and it was not cool at the time. And he would, he sent me to a Stephen Covey workshop for like a week. And I believe it was to have the tools to, you know, have a good mindset and to be a good employee and just to be a better human, you know, and there were several others you sent me to as well. Very nice. Well, some of our previous guests who uh, are with some of these pharma and biotech and device companies have mentioned that they are really trying to develop programs and solutions beyond the medication. You know, that certainly we would like medical advancements and clinical research. But what sort of things beyond the medication could you see would really help you and patients like you? I think, like I said earlier, it begins in our mind. I mean, we have 50 to 60,000 thoughts per day and 70 to 80% of them can be negative. So if we're feeling and thinking that we feel awful and we're angry at our body because it doesn't work like it used to, we're just setting ourselves up for a bad day mm -hmm. and maybe more symptoms because we're now stressing ourselves out. So I think having the good programs of giving people the tools to navigate this life is really important. Mm -hmm. And one piece of that development is certainly clinical trials, uh, research, uh, patient input. Uh, what do you see as uh, the possibilities of people getting involved more in that development rather than just sitting back and waiting? You know, you're really encouraging us to be more involved. What mm -hmm. do you think people could do and people with MS could do to step into that development process more? Maybe having conversations with the pharma companies, you know, instead of it just being completely separate, you know, have more involvement at the patient level. I mean, MS has been around since 1395. Mm -hmm. I think it's time we really get to some of these deeper roots of what causes it and what's perpetuating it to keep going. Well, the underlying that statement is there must be a better way. That's what I'm hearing anyway. Yes. Is that your sense? It is. And I think, I think it just comes down to all these different components of living a healthy life, you know, in addition to what medicine has developed for us mm -hmm. and keep navigating that I, I do love the national ms society magazine's name momentum and i'm curious how you interpret that word why why is momentum so important i think we have to keep moving forward you know the past is the past and if we're living in the past then we're just moving backwards or standing still 
You just have to keep taking the steps forward for yourself, for your family, on your journey. Mm -hmm. Well, folks, my guest is Wendy Bjork. She uh, is the empress of MS. We've been talking about that kind of empowerment. I saw on one article, Wendy, that someone even added warrior empress or warrior queen (laughs) to this title. There is kind of a warrior mentality we need to take sometimes, isn't there? We have to be careful, though, because it's how we define the warrior. You know, is it the warrior in the battle or is it the warrior that's standing up and taking these steps day by day? Because if we feel like we're in fight and battle mode, then we're back to stressing our adrenals out and being in survival mode. So it is a fine line of the warriors, I think terminology And I do see the word fight a lot. And I just would like to delete that word because it goes back to stressing our body out. Hmm. Well, let's drill down on that a little bit because I too see a lot of this, hey, you're fighting with MS or you're fighting against MS or, you know, a 5K run to fight MS. Tell us more about how you interpret fight and maybe a better way to look at it. I think the navigation word is good. You know, it's a good blanket word. And when we're talking about fighting, I mean, immediately our brain is thinking, oh, now we're in fight mode. So it's time to ramp everything up, get into survival mode. Our four, you know, go back to ancient history, we did have to fight. You know, we had to be worried about tigers eating us or other animals attacking us because we lived in a cave. But we're safe now for the most part. You know, we don't have to be in a fight mode. We can just live our life, navigate it, you know, as it comes. So helpful. Well, Wendy, how can we connect with you and learn more about your work? I, because I, I know that there'll be people listening who do want to connect with you and learn more. Sure. My website is heartsofwellness.com. And I have a lot of my interviews and podcasts. And I'm actually starting a new show where I'm a contributor on the priceofbusiness.com. So I have a new segment called Igniting Your Dynamic Self series. Wonderful. I think that brings up the, again, going back to living with and navigating with. And I've even found myself, as I reflect uh, during this conversation, I keep saying patience, patience, patience. But there, there's people, and people have jobs, and people have businesses, and that has to be part of our thinking, doesn't it? Yes. Well, Wendy, before we close, I'd love to now summarize things. If What would you emphasize for some of the listeners? I think the thread to go away with is everybody needs to give themselves grace. We're way too hard on ourselves. We see people doing something we want to do. And even if we're aspiring to do it and working towards doing that, maybe that's going to take some extra steps. No, it's not going to happen overnight. Trying new things, that change might not be felt until 90 days later. So I think it all goes back to just being patient with ourselves and giving ourselves grace. That's great. Certainly from the MS patient standpoint, and maybe a call to action to the companies that might be listening, perhaps on navigation. I think be kind to somebody, you know, do something random for a stranger, because you might be the only person that talks to them nicely that day. I think even since COVID, it's gotten worse that we're just all in our own lane. And, you know, we just need to be kinder to each other. Well, thanks for sharing that. Well, listeners, thanks for coming by to our new podcast. We call it The Patient Speak because we want to be sure we're underscoring the patient's voice in drug development, new device creation, new diagnostic development, and even innovation of support programs or apps. And my guest has been Wendy Bjork. She's an author, a mentor, a thought leader, and a coach in her own regard in terms of navigating 
life with MS. Well, thank you again. It's been great. And listeners, come back again next time. We'll continue these conversations that combine the science and business aspects of innovation with the patient voice. We really appreciate 83 Bar for sponsoring and producing these conversations. And we know that you'll enjoy the next interviews with another innovative healthcare executive or patient advocate and what we can learn from them when we hear the patients speak. Thanks for listening to The Patients Speak. Healthcare Innovations Accelerating the Patient Journey with best-selling author Mark Stinson. Presented by 83Bar, the patient activation company. Learn how 83Bar listens, educates, and navigates patients at 83Bar.com. Our podcast is hosted on Captivate.fm, so you can listen wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Ghana, and iHeartRadio. Subscribe now so you won't miss an episode of The Patients Speak.